0: Welcome to today's podcast from Sherwood Baptist Church. For more information on Sherwood or Pastor Michael Kat, visit our website at Sherwoodbaptist.net. And now here's Pastor Michael Kat.: But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace and patience." 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, "Love is patient." I want to talk this morning about I need patience and I need it now. <laughs> Heard about two ladies that were leaving church and the pastor had just preached a message on patience. And one lady turned to the other one and said, Wasn't that a wonderful sermon on patience? And the second lady said, It sure was, but he went five minutes too long. We need patience because we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a very imperfect world. And because we live in an imperfect world, we deal with situations and circumstances and people who test our patience. I know we don't live in a perfect world because if this was a perfect world, there would be no calories in chocolate. (laughs) Should have been more amens on that. If we lived in a perfect world, Children would not get vocal cords until after they have left home. (laughs) If we lived in a perfect world, teenagers would care more about cleaning up their rooms than borrowing the keys to the car. If we lived in a perfect world, fast food really would be. And if we lived in a perfect world, when you made an appointment you would actually go in at the time the appointment was made. (laughs) We don't live in a perfect world. We live in an imperfect world. And the situations in this imperfect world test our patience. Rick Warren said, Have you ever noticed that when the light turns green and you don't move in two seconds, the person behind you turns red? (laughs) I want to talk about patience this morning. The Greek word is made up of two words. The first half of that word means anger. The second half of that word means slow. Slow anger. The word patience is actually anger under control. It is slowness to anger. It is endurance or long-suffering. It is a word of restraint, When a person is patient, they are exercising restraint in something that would normally make them angry. Now, there are several definitions there in your notes. Let me just look at them real quick. First of all, it is the capacity for self-control despite circumstances that might arouse the passions or cause agitation. It is an active endurance of opposition, not passive resignation. In the secular Greek, the meaning was perseverance rather than patience, and the noun in secular Greek was never used by the Stoics as a virtue. Patience was not considered a virtue by the secular Greeks, but in biblical Greek, it is a divine forbearance that one shows when faced with problems. I love cartoons. I collect cartoons, and and I love them. And, and, uh, one particular one I like is Peanuts. I always read Peanuts to see what's, what the real world's thinking about. And, and Lucy uh, was praying by her bed. It's nice to know Lucy prays every now and then because her actions don't indicate it. But, uh, uh, you know, Lucy was praying by her bed, and she, would, she got up, and she stood up, and she walked out, and she walked by her brother Linus, and she said, "'I would have been praying for patience and understanding, "'but I stopped.'" And Linus said, "'Well, why?' She said, because I was afraid I'd get it. (laughs) James says we get patience through trials. And what is patience in the Scripture? Well, first of all, God is patient. Romans chapter 15 and verse 5 tells us that God is patient. God is patient. Romans chapter 2 and verse 14 tells us that God is patient and that he allows people an opportunity to repent. Turn, if you would, to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. And while you're turning there, let me read Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6. Exodus 34, 6 says, The Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. In Numbers 14, 18, and in Psalm 86, 15, it tells us that God is slow to anger. Now... This is how you and I know we're not God. You know, there are some people that believe that somewhere along the line we'll all become gods. But this is how we'll know we're not God because we make statements like this: "If I was God, this is what I'd do." But you know, I'm gracious. I'm grateful that you're not God, and I'm grateful I'm not God because the God I worship is slow to anger. He doesn't smack me every time I get out of line. If he did, I couldn't sit down. You couldn't either. Because I don't know what's best. I don't see the whole picture. I can't see all that God sees from beginning to end. And the scripture tells us that God is slow to anger. Now why is he that way? Second Peter chapter three and verse nine. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. In other words, God's going to keep His promise. You may think he's slow, but he's not. As some understand slowness, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. But everyone to come to repentance. You talk to somebody, sometimes they say, Well, I don't want to be saved. I I don't want to talk about church. I I don't want to talk about Jesus. Say, You know, I'm glad God's patient. What has that got to do with me? It's got to do with you that the reason that Jesus hasn't come back yet is because God wants you to be saved. And He is patient. And He is slow, and He is giving you an opportunity and an open door to you, for you to come to the awareness that you need Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, because if He was quick, as we count quickness, Jesus would have already come, and you would have already been condemned to an everlasting hell. But because God is slow, but He keeps His promises, He waits so that people can have time to repent. Every invitation that is open in a church, every opportunity that people have to respond to the gospel is a reminder to us of the patience of God, that God hasn't just wiped us out because of all the junk in our lives. God is patient. Secondly, God's people are to be patient. Now, we're to be patient in several ways. First of all, we're to be patient when confronted with the prosperity of the wicked. Psalm 37 and Psalm 73 tell us that the wicked prosper. And the psalmist looked around and said, you know, what good does it do me to serve God? I mean, these people are getting ahead. Everything they touch turns to gold. They're just fat and happy. Their lives are content. I'm serving God. It's not getting me anywhere. And God says, you just watch how it ends. We have to be patient that this world seems to get away with everything when in fact it's getting away with nothing. Second thing, not only do we have to be patient because of the prosperity of wicked people, but we have to be patient when facing adversity and persecution. Hebrews chapter 6 and Romans chapter 5 verses 3 through 5 give us an indication that we are to be patient when we're undergoing adversity and persecution. People talk about the patience of Job. Why was Job patient? Because everything in his life was falling apart and he was having to wait on God to give him an answer. We have to be patient thirdly when dealing with irritating people, love is patient. Oh, I tell you, I heard a story about this lady and she was in her car and she came to a stop sign and the car broke down. And she was trying to start the car and trying to start the car and trying to start the car. And I mean, no sooner had she stopped and the car died than this guy in the car behind her is just laying on the horn. I mean, it's just constant. He's just laying on it and blowing the horn the whole time and he's pointing his finger and he's laying on the horn and she's just trying to start the car and she's frustrated. Finally, she just turns the key off, takes the key out of the ignition, walks back to the guy, knocks on his window and asks him to roll the window down. She holds the keys out to him and she says, Sir, I'm having trouble getting my car started. Would you mind taking my keys and going to try to start my car while I lay on your horn? (laughs) Now, this is confession is good for the soul and is bad for the reputation, all right? How many of you have a problem with being patient with people? Well, good. Most of us deal with that. I mean, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, you, traffic. Do you ever get impatient in traffic? One of the lawyers in our church came to me this morning after the first service. and said, I got one for you. He said, my secretary said, we were in a meeting, my secretary said, I want you to get in your car and I want you to drive to Macon, from Macon to Atlanta, and I want you to stay in the right-hand lane the whole time. So well, why? I said, so you know what you're having to put up with. You just stay in the right-hand lane. Have you ever tried to stay in a lane? Some of you know what I'm talking about. You know, your goal in life is to pass everybody that's ahead of you. You know, the difference, difference between my generation and my parents' generation is they would see a roadside marker and they would stop. I go by and say, was that a roadside marker? Because I'm trying to beat my last time. You know, if I made it in five hours, I need to make it in four hours and 58 minutes the next time. I mean, I'm always trying to beat... I'm not patient. We were going to the Cove last week to hear Warren Wiersbe, and uh, it was just a marvelous weekend of him teaching God's Word. But i tell you what, I got behind. Terry will testify to this. Don't, don't give too big a witness. But <laughs> Coming out of Atlanta and going toward Greenville, I got behind two truckers side by side. <laughs> and I mean they drove that way for 30 miles. And I looked back, and as far as I could see, there were cars backed up. There wasn't another truck on the road. These two guys were just deciding to block traffic. I must admit to you that my patience was tested. If he hadn't been bigger than me, I would have honked my horn. But uh, I mean, we get tested by situations, don't we? and by people, irritating people and irritating situations come into our lives. But you see, here's the key. It's not just that we're supposed to be patient, but God's people are empowered to be patient. Now, see, I would have an excuse if God hadn't empowered me to be patient. I could just say, well, Lord, it's just the way I am. You know, I'm just an impatient person by my nature. I mean, I just want it now, and you know that's why I am. So I can't help it. But you see, God's empowered us, and that means it's not a blind resignation, but it is a surrender to the character of God. It's not about my character; it's about God's character. It's not about my concept of the situation; it's about God's concept of the situation. And God has commanded me to be patient. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2 says, "Be patient, bearing with one another in love." 1 Thessalonians 5:14 says, "Be patient with everybody." Three things. First of all, the word commands patience. The word commands that we be patient. We don't have an option. Jesus exemplifies patience. When you look at Jesus Christ, he exemplified patience while he was reviled and despised and rejected, he endured the cross, patiently endured. And finally, the Holy Spirit empowers patience. God doesn't command you to do something that He does not empower you to do. Now, why is patience so difficult to cultivate? Proverbs 16 and verse 32 He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. I wrote in my notes, an ounce of patience is worth a pound of brains. I've known a lot of smart people that have destroyed themselves because they couldn't be patient. Smart, they had the brain knowledge, but they didn't have the character to withhold and to restrain themselves. Now, a couple of things. First of all, circumstances test our patience. Do you know that if you live the average American lifespan that you will spend six months of your life at red lights? Six months. That's why when you see yellow, it means floor it. Because you don't want to waste any time. You'll spend a year of your life in waiting rooms, reading the same magazines over and over and over again. I mean, circumstances test our patience. Proverbs 19 and verse 2, Impatience will get you into trouble. Proverbs 19, too. You see, when we become impatient, we lose our perspective. And not only do we lose our perspective, we lose our relationship with God because we're not allowing God to control the way we react. And so we lose out when we become impatient. Proverbs 19 and verse 10 says, verse 11 says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Now, why is it difficult to be patient? Number one, we are faced with constant interruptions. The phone rings. The doorbell rings. The beeper goes off. I mean, one thing after another, we're faced with interruptions. You know, the kids run in. You're trying to have a conversation. You know, our kids are at the point where, oh, if Terry and I ever have an uninterrupted conversation, you know, it's like Paul's trip to the third heaven. You know, you, you spend half your conversation going, wait a minute. Could you, just a minute, give us five minutes. Go, would you please leave? Stop, not now. I mean, we're constantly doing that, trying to carry on a conversation that would take us three minutes, but it takes us an hour. And we're always spending our time asking ourselves this question. Now, where were we? It's constant interruptions. Not only constant interruptions, but continual inconveniences. I just made a list of the things that we've got that are convenient for us. A microwave society, instant coffee, instant grits, minute rice, instant oatmeal, jiffy lube, delivery in 30 minutes, a drive-through mentality, up-to-date election returns, revolving doors, immediate results, and undivided attention of others. Now, when we don't get that, we want it now. I mean, that's why I go to an elevator and I push that button, and I keep pushing, and I keep pushing because it gets faster. You don't know this, but it gets faster the more you push it. (laughs) And all those people on those other floors that are waiting don't get it because it gets faster when you push it. In fact, if you carry a hammer in your pocket and you hit the button, it gets there even quicker. Small fact, didn't cost you anything when you came to church this morning. But you see, we get frustrated when faced with continual inconveniences. You know, I just wonder, what would I do without a microwave? You know, I, I'm so so used to the conveniences that I have that when I'm continually faced with things that don't go out. you know, do you remember the day when... Some of you remember the day. I remember at my grandparents' house, party lines, and, you know, you'd have a certain ring, and and that was a ring for you, and if it was another ring, you picked up and eavesdropped on the neighbors. Because <laughs> my grandparents did that. And uh, so, you know, you'd always listen in to find out what the scuttlebutt was in the community. You know, now... It's busy signal. I don't have time for a busy signal. And you keep hitting that redial button on that phone. Our youngest daughter came in to us this week and said, Dad, can we get call waiting on our phone? No. Why? So my friends won't have to call on your phone. Tell your friends to wait. Line up to talk on the phone. I mean, we just, we hate inconveniences. We hate anything that limits us. I I mean, I can go off the edge of the earth trying to get on America online. It takes forever. You know, dialing, checking password, carrier is busy. (laughs) You know, I want all this instant access. I want this quick stuff. You know, I want everything to happen quickly, and when it doesn't, it tests my patience. I know none of you are dealing with that, but I am. Thirdly, we're faced with common irritations. Traffic jams, long lines, misplaced keys, flat tires, occupied restrooms, loud neighbors, crabby sales clerks, rude people. (laughs) Common irritations to all of us. I was in line at McDonald's getting me a high cholesterol breakfast not long ago. There's this lady in line in front of me always wanted to get car tag numbers, you know, and call up somebody and say, who was that? Drop them a note, saw you, uh, you know. But, I mean, this woman was in front, and she had to wait to get her order. And sometimes when you go to a fast food place, which is an oxymoron, you go to a fast food place, and, and, and they say, well, we don't have your order ready. Could you just pull up, and we'll have somebody bring it out to you? I mean, this lady's head went out of the car. Her, her The veins in her neck were popping. Her her forehead was rising up right here. Her eyes were flaring Fire was coming out of her mouth. I mean, she couldn't stand it. And the the little girl said, Please just move up. Please just just move up. (laughs) Please just move up. And before she could even get up there and get parked, the girl, while she's standing there, griping at the girl at the counter, the girl is going out the door looking for the lady to take the order to. I mean, this lady was toasted over a biscuit. (laughs) Toasted over a biscuit. I I, I don't know. (laughs) Common irritation, circumstances, Test our patience. Relationships test our patience. Parenting. (laughs) Oh, boy, there was a nice little moan that went through the crowd on parenting. You know, I figured out why God gave us children when they're helpless babies. So we could love them before they became teenagers. (laughs) Because when they become teenagers, you believe murder ought to be justified. I used to do a lot of parents' conferences when I was in youth ministry, and I'd tell people, you know, the best thing to do with a middle schooler is take them and bury them six feet in the ground and feed them through a straw. And then when they get in high school, pull the straw out. I mean, parenting. You know, you just wonder, what happened to that precious little baby on the other side of that glass that was like this, and you couldn't hear anything? And now... I mean, it's just like, sometimes it's just like running your fingers down a chalkboard. You're just kind of going, oh, we prayed for this. We wanted this. We even thank God for this. You know what I'm talking about? Uh Work. Relationships at work. Some of you got a boss. Now, truth be known, you go home and tell your wife, I work for the world's biggest idiot. He can't organize himself. He doesn't know what he's doing. Now, you know, this guy's a, you know he's always hard. And some of you have got employees and say, I've employed the world's biggest idiots. And you've got whiners and complainers and people that want to come in late and leave early and don't want to do their job. You've got all those kind of things. Work is a test of relationships. Unless you work by yourself and you're your only employee, you're going to have a test in your work relationships. It's going to test your patience because you've got to deal with people. And the more people you have to deal with, the more your patience is tested. Now, here's a big one. Aging parents and long-term illnesses test our patience. Aging parents and long-term illnesses test our patience. I'll just be real honest with you. Boy, I'm really having to spend some time with the Lord on this one. Because my dad right now is not cooperative at all. He's not in good health. He's got a lot of health problems, a lot of things. He needs to move. His doctors told him he does not need to drive. He's still driving. His doctors have told him he does not need to leave alone. He's living alone. And I can't move my church to Mississippi. Some people would like me to move to Mississippi, but I, 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 can't, I can't move my church to Mississippi. I've got, I'm, I mean, I'm six hours away at best. And I've tried to offer him a way to live here and for him to have time with his grandkids, and I'm telling you, he just he's, he's, he's as hard as the concrete under this floor. And it tests my patience. Because I know that I'm going to reach a day when I have to make a decision in his best interest that he's not going to like. Because he won't be able to stay long. Terry's dealing with a situation with her dad who's had a number of mini-strokes and constantly working to try to balance medication for him and, and just uh, hardly able to take care of himself. And here's a man who's, who three years ago could do anything, could climb on top of a house and, and now can't even get himself dressed. What do you do with that? How do you have patience? You know how the world solves that problem, don't you? They vote in euthanasia just kill people when they're no longer productive to society. That's how the world solves the problem. But as believers see, we have to continue to work and to build and to grow and to develop. And it is a test of our patience when somebody is aging, and especially when the child's role reverses and he now has to act like the parent. Or when there's a long-term illness and you know there's no hope that it's going to get a whole lot better. It tests your patience. Everybody is one thing. And those kind of relationships are hard for us to be patient in. Now, there's some ruinous responses to these tests. First of all is repression. Repression. Just refusing to admit that you even have a problem. Secondly, suppression. Trying to keep a lid on it. I'm going to suppress this. I'm going to keep a lid on it. Thirdly is expression. I'm just, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to let everybody know what I think. I heard about a little boy who told his pastor one Sunday after church, he said, Pastor, he said, my mama prays for me every night. And he said, really, what does your mama say? She said, she throws her hands up in the air and says, thank God he's in bed. <laughs> Repression, suppression, expression, depression. You don't learn how to allow let God to get a hold of these circumstances. You can become depressed and impatient with the way God works. There's one right response, and that's confession. Lord, I have a problem. And by the way, the problem is, first of all, with ourselves. It's not with our situation. It's not with our circumstances. It's not with our relationships. It's with us. How are we going to act and react? And so what, is, what can we learn? First of all, we need to learn to renew our mind. Renew our mind. Memorize Scripture meditate on Scripture. Think about the things of God. I need to learn to rethink situations, the way God thinks about those situations. And the only way I can do that is to meditate and memorize the Word of God, to renew my mind. Secondly, renew your faith. Renew your faith. Accept God's will. Whatever this situation is, it's causing you to be impatient. God has allowed it. And it's an opportunity for you to obey His Word and respond in His power. Let me give you a verse. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 17. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding His face from the house of Jacob. I will put my trust in Him. I'm going to wait on God. He's hiding His face. I don't really know what He's doing right now, but I'm going to put my trust in Him. That's patience. Thirdly, recognize the reasons for impatience. I mean, you may need to just sit down and write down, you know, this, this keeps me from being patient. This keeps me from being, this, this bothers me. I, I'm, I'm not patient here. Recognize the sin or the selfishness or the, the situations that keep you from being patient. And finally, resolve to allow the Spirit to manage your life. Resolve to allow the Spirit to manage your life. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Turn, if you would, to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. I'm going to give you four suggestions under the resolve. Colossians three twelve. Paul is writing to the church, and he says, And so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved... Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. The first thing you have to do is you have to put on a heart of compassion, a heart of love, a heart of kindness, a heart of humility, a heart of gentleness, a heart of patience. Secondly, you have to put up. You have to put up, which means you have to remember that God's been patient with you, so you need to be patient with other people. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 39, Why should any living mortal or any man offer complaint in view of his sins? Psalm 103, He has not dealt with us according to our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. God had not given us what we deserve. He's given us His mercy. And so in light of that, I need to be patient and I need to put up with some things because I know God's put up with me in some things. Number three... My mother told me never to say shut up, so let's say hush up. Hush up, Proverbs 17, 27, great verse. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. Let me just give you something to help you with patience. Because I want to tell you what happens to us, folks. We get out there, you know, we're driving along and somebody in front of us, I mean, they just do something stupid or they don't use a turn signal or something. And we're sitting there going, I can't believe this person. And we're just going after it. And we look over and there's a church member sitting right next to us. And so we have a choice. We can say, and Lord, we thank you for this situation. Or we can point up and say one way to Jesus. That's what I was doing. I was telling him how to be saved. I was trying to do that. I wanted to put a bumper sticker on his car. Yeah. Or we can just be quiet. That's hard, isn't it? That's hard. I tell you, uh, this is a hard one for me. Because I want to talk about what makes me impatient. And my wife is the most patient person in the world. She's been patient enough to move across this country with me. She's been patient enough to go through job changes and location changes and to give up her schooling for a while until she could go back. I mean, she's, she's put up with a lot. It's because she put on some things in her life. And sometimes when she would rather say something to me than not, she doesn't. She just prays. Which brings me to the last one. Lift up. Lift up. Whatever that situation is, whoever that person is, whatever that circumstance is, whatever it is that the Lord has brought to your mind today that is causing your patience to be tested, lift it up to him in prayer. Don't talk so much to other people as talk to God about it. Because he's the only one that can change the situation, and if he chooses not to change the situation, he's the only one that can change you. And that's what he wants to do. Thanks for listening to today's podcast from Sherwood Baptist Church and Pastor Michael Catch. For more information about Sherwood, you can visit our website at sherwoodbaptist.net. If you live or visit in the Albany area, we invite you to worship with us here at Sherwood. Thanks again for listening, and have a great day.